Well, as always, thank you so much to all of those who have helped to put these worship services together. Uh, for Peg Huber, who was our liturgist this morning, uh, for Elise Brubaker, who offered that beautiful special music, uh, for our praise team, and for Gary Brubaker, who put all of our music together, um, for Melody, who offers our children's time, um, and for all of those who have helped in our in-person worship, for those who have served as ushers and greeters, uh, for those who have been present, thank you so much to all that you do. Well, as we continue in the Easter season, um, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, you know, um, time is so weird. Uh, I've said that so much um, over the past year and a half or so, that time is weird. Sometimes it's squishy, but sometimes it like moves really quick. Um, but it, when I think about time in the church, now we have what's called the liturgical calendar, um, and it marks time in the church with specific holidays and things that we tell together. Um, there's even a, a calendar of scriptures called the lectionary um, that churches are invited to use to tell to tell these stories of Jesus of scripture. Um, and one of the things that I think is so interesting about how time is marked in the church is just how quickly things go. I mean, especially as we tell the stories of Jesus. So we start, well, not we start, but we have December and we have Advent leading up to December when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Um, usually we celebrate, you know, Christmas time, December 25th. And then it's not even like four months later, uh, you know, about four or five months later after we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that we're into the season of Lent. And then um, we're, we're talking about Jesus' death and ultimately his resurrection. And then um, about 50 days after we talk about Jesus' resurrection, then we're talking about his ascension. And then it feels like we just kind of start all over again. And so it just feels like things go like, Hey, Jesus is born. Now he's dying. Now he's alive. Now he's gone. It goes really fast. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to take a slower look at some of these resurrection stories of the stories of Jesus appearing to the disciples in his resurrected body. And so um, we start this week with Luke's retelling or Luke's telling of the story. So would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, so there's, uh, there's 52 weeks in a year. Um, and so, you know, let's say that there's about 52 Sundays a year. And um, when, I, when I think about planning worship or talking about worship, um, and thinking about 52 weeks, it's hard to tell, I mean, it's hard to tell all of the stories of scripture. It's, it's hard to try and cover everything. Um, it's, it's not even just hard, it's impossible. You can't, you can't do it. Um, and sometimes we try, uh, sometimes we try to, uh, to cover as much as possible and, and cram in there, but there's always parts of our, parts of our scriptural story that we miss and then there's some parts that we never talk about or never tell. Um, now, it's not. This is not meant to be like a gotcha question, but um, how many of you have read the whole Bible more than once? Um, I know some folks. You know, they make it um, maybe a um, a yearly tradition that they read through the Bible over the year. So every year they read the Bible. Um, 
But uh, how many of you have read the Bible, you know, cover to cover, read all of the stories in there? Okay, not a gotcha question. Um, next, the next question to that is, now, if you have, or even if you've read parts of it, um, have you understood everything that you have read? Do you understand everything in the whole Bible? If you do, I think you're Jesus, but no, I, it's really hard um, because there's so much throughout our scriptures and there's so much nuance and it is a full collection. And when you're reading through the scriptures and you're reading through the Bible, if you do read, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, um, it, it's often really easy to get stuck when you try and read through everything. Um, I've talked with folks who have who have had really good intentions to read through the full Bible in a year, and they start in Genesis, and then they get stuck sometimes around numbers, um, or sometimes they start in Genesis and they get stuck in Genesis. Um, so maybe they skip around and they read the Gospels first, and then maybe they get stuck in like Romans. Um, so it can be easy to find places that we get stuck. Um, because the, the scriptures are so full and they're beautiful and they're full. There's a lot that's happening in there. I was meeting um, this week with a group of friends um, and we were working together on planning our sermon series for our different churches. And so we were planning and talking about where we were and what ideas we had so that we, we could bounce some ideas off each other. Um, and as we were talking about some particular passage of scripture or passages that we may have preached before, um, someone, I don't remember, someone in the group said, yeah, but do you tell people what like it really means? I don't even remember which passage in particular we were talking about, but it was kind of like, you know, we have sometimes these versions that we tell of scripture that are sometimes easier to understand. You know, when you think about maybe even some of the scriptures that you may teach or have taught your children or that you learned as children, but then as you grow up, you realize, oh, that's about something else, um, or that's about something different. So, um, you know, there are, there are sometimes parts of Scripture that are confusing, and there's sometimes parts of Scripture that are really hard. They're not easy stories to tell. Um, they're not easy stories to read. They're, they're hard. They're violent. They're, um, they're hard. Um, there's some that are called terror texts, uh, things that have been done to people um, that, that are just really difficult to talk about. And sometimes throughout the scripture, there's some innuendos. There is some euphemisms of things that seem like they say one thing, but actually they say another. Um, or maybe they're, they're just taken in a different direction than we think that they are. Sometimes there's callbacks to previous stories that maybe we don't know. Maybe they're not really um, fully in scriptures. It's just kind of one of those stories that they knew at the time. Um, or maybe they just haven't been uncovered for us. So maybe there's stories that, that are callbacked that are assumed that everyone knows that just not everyone knows. Sometimes there's translations that just don't mix or match. Or, you know, when we're sometimes in Bible study, somebody will read a passage and then somebody with another translation will be like, that is not what my Bible says. And so sometimes the translation is a little bit hard. And, okay. All right, I'm gonna be like super honest. Sometimes some of the stories might be a little boring. 
Okay, that's not probably true, but it also probably is true. Um, sometimes, you know, I don't know. Anyway, don't tell Jesus I said that. But um, so the scriptures are hard, right? We just can't, we can't know everything. But that doesn't mean that we give up trying or that we don't try and understand what the scriptures have because this is our story. This is what tells us who we are as people of faith from, from sort of the beginning of our, of our journey um, through, through the end of our journey. So this is our story. And as we, as we claim the Bible as something that's important to us, it's important that we know what's in it. And so you would think that the disciples, these disciples of Jesus, who they've been living with these scriptures for their entire life, you know, um, they've been living and they've had like the greatest teacher with them to help interpret the scriptures to them. And so they've lived with these stories their whole life. They should know the laws inside and out because they have to follow them and they have to work with them and they have to be within them. And then they should also know like all of the Psalms and the songs of their worship. They should know these things. I mean, you'd think that, gosh, this is what you live and breathe. Don't you know them? And then Jesus comes in and it almost seems like I have no idea about anything. Everything that you thought you knew, you, you just don't anymore. I thought death was permanent, but now Jesus is back and he's been resurrected. I thought resurrection happened for everyone at one time, but now Jesus has been resurrected, one person in the middle of history. I thought I knew what the law says, but then Jesus interprets them somewhat differently. I thought I knew and I don't. Or maybe even, I, I had no idea that that's what that said. <laughs> I didn't know that was in there. It's crazy, right? I mean, I'm sure we don't experience that at all, right? We've, we've never been feeling like, oh, I didn't know that's what the Bible said. Oh, I didn't know. I mean, maybe it's just me. So our passage from Luke this morning, um, I, the, it, it, the passage starts by, just, by saying, while they were talking about this, I mean, goodness gracious, what were they talking about? I mean, there's any number of things that they could have been talking about. They'd just been told by the women of Jesus' resurrection. Um, they'd heard about Jesus appearing on the road to Emmaus. I mean, they could have been talking about everything that happened. Um, there is no shortage of conversation. Um, I think I, um, I was talking to Stephen uh, at some point this week, um, and, uh, you know, I was just, uh, he said, well, what's wrong? And I was like, all of the things? Um, I mean, that's kind of like with the, with the disciples, like, what are they talking about? all of the things. I mean, they're talking about their teacher who was killed and resurrected. They're talking about, is this what, did this what, is this what the scriptures meant the whole time? And we didn't know. Are we going to be next? Are the women really right? Um, what about this road to Emmaus? What happened there? I mean, there is no shortage of conversation. 
And up to this point, for the most, for these disciples who were locked in this room together, they've only heard about Jesus. So it's only been like, I heard Jesus was there or they saw Jesus. But this group of people, they hadn't seen him yet. And then suddenly they're talking about all of the things. And Jesus just is like in the middle of the room going, peace be with you. What? This is how this story goes? I mean, do you feel this like, can you feel this chaos? Like this whole emotional like thing. And then Jesus is just like, peace, what's going on? <clears throat> oh, you know, totally normal. So, so then Jesus, you know, recognizes oh, hey, maybe there's a little tension going on. Maybe there's a little confusion. Um, there were quite, he said, it says that, they, that he felt like there were questions and doubts. And so he invited them to, to look and to see him. Um, he invited them to touch his wounds and his scars, to touch his body. <clears throat> Jesus realizes that they need some reassurance and they actually need some proof. And so he offers it to them. And after telling them and after showing them, he's like, oh, hey, you guys got any snacks? Because I'm kind of hungry. I mean, maybe something about resurrection makes us hungry. Sometimes when I'm hungry, if it goes too far, I get hangry. Hungry and angry at the same time. So maybe that there's that. But there's also a way that Jesus is also proving to the disciples that he's real that he's not a ghost or an apparition, that he can eat, you can touch me, I'm real. This is real life. <clears throat> but the disciples still need some convincing. And so Jesus interprets the scriptures to them again. The laws, the prophets, and the Psalms. So the disciples have heard, they've heard the news of Jesus' resurrection. They've seen Jesus with their own eyes. They've touched him. They've eaten together. They've heard the scriptures again. And then Jesus tells them, you are my witnesses. Now, a witness is someone who is expected to testify to witness, to share what they've seen and heard. And in order to testify, they need to understand. They need to believe that what they've seen and experienced isn't fake, isn't just a figment of their imagination. This is real. And believing can sometimes be really hard. Sometimes it's because we need proof to touch and to see. Sometimes it's because we need help interpreting. What does this mean? Sometimes it's because we're hungry and we need snacks. Sometimes it's all of the things. And this story... So many of the stories of Jesus, but this story tells us Jesus will meet us where we are. Touch and see. Eat some snacks. It's all going to be okay. 
<clears throat> and so many times we're told that, that faith requires no proof. And if you need proof, then you're not faithful. But this story actually tells us the opposite. Jesus gives the proof, the immediate proof. He sensed that there were questions and says, okay, touch, see, give me some snacks. And also tells them the proof that they had all along. Let's talk about the scriptures again. This belief, it's never really been a blind belief. It's trusting in the promises of God that have been made from the beginning. And sometimes we can be distracted from what we know to be true. And we need to be reminded, touch and see, eat some snacks, trust what you know to be true. You've always known this. You've always believed this. Sometimes we just need a little reassurance. It's all going to be okay. And then that's not the end of the story either. Then we're to go out and to share with others. As Jesus says, you are my witnesses. Go out and share this story with others. Help and remind them that they already know the truth. Touch and see. Eat some snacks. Trust what you know to be true. You've always known this. It's all going to be okay. You are my witnesses. So how can you be a witness this week? Is there someone that you know that you can just be with, to meet them where they are, listen to their stories, give them some snacks? Maybe just offer hope. And if you can't do it in words, because sometimes words just aren't enough, but actions can speak. Maybe it's praying for them. Maybe this person that you're thinking of, maybe it's a friend, or maybe it's a stranger. Maybe it's one of your next door neighbors, or maybe it's someone you've lost touch with. Maybe you don't know who it will be yet. Touch and see, eat some snacks. Trust what you know to be true because you've always known this. It's all going to be okay. You, we, are the witnesses to the continuing resurrection story. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah and amen.